Hey, it's Larry Crane. Welcome to the Tape Bop Podcast. We interviewed Tycho's Scott Hansen after the release of his Epoch album for Tape Bop number 123. With the addition of vocalist Hannah Cantrell, also known as Saint Sinner, his new release, Weather, introduces a new chapter in Tycho's music and gave online publisher Jeff Stanfield an opportunity to sit down with Scott in Seattle and have a song-by-song chat about the making of this fantastic record. Enjoy. Maybe we could just talk before we get into the record just a little bit about the decision to actually have vocals on it because that's probably been the big topic on this record for you. Yeah, Everyone's asking, but I would <laughs> yeah, like yeah. to ask it, yeah. It was it was always my intention actually early on, you know, Zero Seven and Cinematic Orchestra and Thievery and all those those groups were like, when I was just getting into music, those are kind of my reference point for like chill out. That was just, I knew that was the space I wanted to, to be in. And I actually tried to make a vocal record like 2000, uh, three and four, and I recorded a bunch of tracks with uh, Jason Sewell in Sacramento. Um, and we had all these vocal tracks, and I, it just like it didn't, I wasn't in the place as a producer where I knew what to even do with it. So I started just taking snippets, and that's what you hear throughout the records. It became uh, Passes Prologue or Sunrise Projector, or whatever they, the same kind of album. And then uh, I used those snippets throughout the records, but I always wanted to like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna focus and like kind of practice and get better at producing and then someday I'm just gonna you know do a real true vocal record so this is just kind of the opportunity presented itself and this kind of felt like the moment too Epoch felt like definitely the closure the closing of a chapter you know like it felt like a good bookend to like what dive began so I was like you know this is I, I just needed to do something like completely different and this was like the moment and that was kind of the concept you know? a lot of those bands that you referenced had multiple singers you know and yeah. like massive attack especially over the arc of their record-making careers have used several different singers. Why did you choose Hannah? I think, you know, I, I tried working with some other vocalists and it, it was, I think the results, I'm happy with them and, and I'm sure it'll come out in some form, but I didn't, I was hoping to find somebody that I that I felt like it was this singular voice and I could build a record around it and it could be, I wanted this, this album to be a cohesive statement like I didn't want it to be a collection of singles or kind of like featuring so and so and so and so I think that can work in certain contexts but you know I think Tycho is a really album driven project and uh, so I want each record to have like a thesis statement and to be cohesive and so once I she just came over and I, I randomly met her through a friend and um, she came over one day and that, we had never met before she just came over to the house and we recorded like two tracks that day I think it was uh, Skate and For How Long and it was just immediately like her the timbre and the texture, it just folded in and it was the kind of voice that I really enjoy working with, you know, from an effects standpoint. It really lends itself well to being affected in interesting ways. And, right. and it just, it also, you know, Tycho, all the, the sounds, I, I kind of end up with very warm mid-rangey sounds, which can right. be a problem in mixing to make like a song feel present and have, like it cuts through. And so her, the space that she works in the tonal range is, is kind of just rises above it all. So I didn't have to do as much paring down of, of all the instrumentals, it, it all kind of like layered nicely. Which which came first? Was it songs written specifically with uh, melodies in mind or were they more traditional Tycho tracks, if you want to call them traditional, but tracks that then you gave to her that you had been working on um, and said, maybe there's room for vocals and you're sort of muting something, a featured instrument, a melodic instrument? Yeah, the, so it depends on the song. Um, most of the songs, 
there's like three categories. There's easy, which I feel like is more, that was what I wanted to be the jumping off point. And that's more kind of like the older stuff where you're using snippets and you're using it as like a sampled instrument. And so that's minimal. And then there's all the other songs and then there's no stress. And no stress was the one song that I wrote specifically for her after I met her. But like Japan and uh, Pink and Blue and For How Long, those existed as instrumentals. But they were these type of instrumentals that I, I write a lot of them and I get into this production space and I, I'm like, oh man, this song's cool. There's something going on here and there's all these elements that I really like, but something about it isn't standing on its own yet. It feels like something's missing. And there's always been a lot of songs like that in the past that kind of, I just had to put them aside. I'm like, I don't know where, where this goes. And I slowly started to realize throughout Epoch, I was like, man, these songs, like, they just need vocals. I think that's the thing. So this time around, when I was writing, I, instead of putting those aside, I, I focused on those ones and, and really was like, okay, yeah, this part will just go away here. And then I just sent her kind of like these, these demos that definitely were designed for vocals. But when she came in and sang on them, it definitely made it like, oh, actually this should happen and that. And then, you know, we kind of uh, focused more in on, on the vocal parts and obviously it pulled, pulled some things back and kind of did some give and take. sort of dig into the into the tracks on the record a little bit. I mean, Easy, I thought, was such a nice way to introduce vocals on the record, because if you just needle dropped, you didn't know anything yeah. about the, that you had, that this was a vocal record in many ways. It was a nice way to introduce the texture. You know, you hear the voice, uh, it's just not featured, but it, you, know, you know, you have her sort of swirling around and affected and, and you know, more part of the fabric. And I thought that was a really nice choice to open the record with, whether it was intentional or not, but... Um, Definitely was, yeah, yeah, that was the jumping off point. Yeah, just as a way to ease people into the idea or just introduce the story arc of the record in a way that I thought was really interesting. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about that track in particular. Yeah, that was, I mean, the, the lead sound in there is a minilog, uh, Korg minilog, and that was kind of like the key synth on Epoch. You know, it's like on Glider. Um, and Horizon, Most, mostly it's Glider and uh, I forgot the other one, but it has, the, it has the same lead. So like I wanted it to be a song that felt connected to that record. So there was this bridge sonically, but then, yeah, like if you notice, you know, like not much, there's no vocals and then it's like boom and then there's vocals and it's like, so yeah, I wanted it to be like this, this jumping off point sonically where stylistically it felt like it dovetailed with, with Epoch, but then it just went into its own space. I feel like that was a really strong instrumental all along. I, I felt like it was, you know, it's done on its own. And it made it through almost the whole process without vocals. And then I recorded her for No Stress, which was one of the last ones we recorded. And those are actually outtakes from those sessions. Mm. So all those little snippets are like pitched and, and just like little manipulated uh, snippets from, from uh, No Stress. So like that actually ended up being the last song to get finished or the last song to have vocals on.
Um, how about pink and blue? So pink and blue, like, you know, I feel like stylistically, if you're an old Tycho fan or you're used to like kind of some of the earlier stuff, especially like Dive Era, that's probably, if you're making a spectrum of Tycho songs, that probably lives very far on like, on a different end of the spectrum from like, you know, a drift or, or some old like, stuff like that. So like, that was the goal is I kind of wanted to almost, you know, I created the soft landing with easy, like ease you into it. And then it's like, boom, here's the most like stylistically different song that you're going to find on the record or in the catalog. So it's kind of like this soft, like ease you into it. And then boom, like that just drops as a second track. So that, that, uh, that I, I like where it sits on the record and it just kind of like wakes you up. But that one, from a production standpoint, that was kind of one of those songs where I just felt like it had these amazing textures, but it didn't have that like unifying thesis statement element, you know, and, and, uh, and she really brought it together with, with those vocals that, that tied the whole thing together. Nice. Are the things fully formed by the time you take them to the band? Uh, it depends on the record. I mean, Epoch and Awake, I worked really closely with Zach on a lot of the songs early on. Um, this record, I was, uh, and, and Rory played uh, almost all, or all the live drums on Awake um, on the album. Basically this time I wanted to get back to like my roots as like, kind of like a samplist home studio guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like a laptop. I mean, obviously I had more than, than a computer and a sampler like the old days, but you know, I just wanted to get back to that space of writing and like keep following ideas down. Uh, just kind of like a really insular, insular process at the beginning. So for this one, I went and recorded Rory before anything, before any of the songs even existed at Decibel Studios. Uh, Robert Cheek recorded the drums. It's the same place we recorded drums for uh, the second layer of drums for Awake. So I, I took all those and I made them into a loop library. So like just found the, the phrases I liked, here's eight bars, 16, four, whatever. And then I created a library and then I just pitched those around and, and made them fit to the songs as I was writing them or used them as a space for writing. And then... Uh, so he was just playing grooves. You would just yeah. go in there and play. Playing, I mean, it depends. We, he played to some old songs. He played to other people's songs or he just played whatever. We had, we had I just wanted to catch like as many time signatures and, and styles and, and uh, tempos as I could and just like build like a Rory library. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like I work best by creating, by working that way, like loops. I mean, that's just how I came up. So that's like yeah. just my, my methodology. But I think on the other records, I started that way. And then we did the second layer of performance drums. But this time it was cool because I had the full performances and the loops. So it's like I was able to take those and, and mesh those a little better at the end.
How about Japan? Japan, like, that's cool. That's my first chord. I don't know. I'm not like I have no music theory. So like, I'm always like creating chords out of mono synths. Like the mini Moog, I'll like play a note and then layer it and layer it. So uh, this time I was like, I want to actually write with chords and like act because you know that's a little bit too methodical sometimes, and you know, you can't feel it out. So yeah, that's the first song I ever wrote with like actual chords. I was trying to get back to that kind of awake space. I think it's at 88. That's 83 BPM, like that slow disco, like you know, four on the floor. I, I had been in Hakone, Japan, and just kind of got like really inspired there, and I came home and I wrote that. And then Hannah had just had a friend who came back. It was, it was a weird, like serendipitous thing. I sent that to her. She wrote the lyrics. I just called it Japan.wave and sent it to her, and then she like built that narrative around it, so it's cool. When I first started working closely with Zach, he has such a like pop sensibility to song structure, and I was just like, I didn't know anything really about what verses and choruses, so I was just like, you know, I was like obsessed with Boards of Canada, so it's like, here's seven minutes, do random shit for seven minutes, and we'll see what happens. So when I, he's kind of the driving force behind the out awake, how like concise and like structured it is, and uh, and I kind of took all the lessons I learned from that and uh, and applied that in this sense, because I figured like, if I'm gonna do vocals. I really, really wanted it to be like this is a vocal record and it has structure and it's like a pop record in, in a lot of ways and not that as an exercise, that's something as a producer I've always wanted to do and, and yeah. so that, that was kind of the goal with this, so I took a lot of those lessons learned. And then I think the other cool thing is, is that the other stuff was so open-ended that it was kind of like, it was impersonal in a way that allowed you to kind of like, impersonal to me you know, where anybody can interpret it in their own way, which is beautiful, and I think that's that's the other compelling thing about it, but I wanted to take one person's experience with the music and highlight that, and that's what Hannah is. And I mean, there's something beautiful about that. It's, it's like channeling her personal experience with the music into the actual music, and like, I wanted that to be, you know, a moment in my career to be able to actually do that and focus the message instead of keeping it so open-ended. Some of the tracks don't have any vocals, like Into the Woods. Yeah, classic, classic Taiko vibes. Yeah, I was definitely, with Weather and Into the Woods, it was 
that was me reconnecting with like, uh, I think taking all the lessons learned and the styles that kind of have evolved and developed since Dive and Passes Prologue. And then, but reconnecting with who I was at that time as a songwriter and what, what inspired me in the processes that I was using and like trying to, to meld those, you know. I've always thought of it as the process is the product. Like I'm designing a process and an ergonomic system for human machine interaction. And I'm the test subject or whatever, but at the end of the day, I feel like you put anybody who, who's willing to put the time in. Basically, I think any electronic music if, musician, after you do this long and if you start to realize like, that's kind of just the way it works. Like you can't, I don't even remember how some of those songs came into being, but I do know, you know, I think I spend more time, you can ask my, my wife, is always like, what the hell? You're always like rebuilding your suit. Like every day I'll be like, come look at this. Like I, I set this up differently. I sometimes be like, you know, is this bad to like obsess over this element? Cause I love technology and I, but I don't want to think of myself as like a technologist or like I only am concerned with the equipment. You know, there is an art and a spirituality to it that, that you know, that is a big part of my life that, I, you know, something, some fulfillment I get out of it on that level. But there's also part of me is like, I could design studios for a living and be pretty damn happy, yeah. you know? There's something really great about being the operator and the designer, the architect of the system. So you literally are learning the lessons firsthand and then you can like the next iteration and each time you're, you're making it more efficient or trying to find ways to keep it more open-ended or, or like more inspiring where you, you know, don't, don't fall into these traps or ruts and like trying to open it up, especially after 20 years, it's kind of like you have to right. like keep tricking yourself. How about skate? You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's like, I mean, the end of the new tradition, or the tradition seems like end every album with a sad guitar song. You know, there's like Elegy and Planes and all that stuff. So for this one, I, I, I have so many songs like that. I call them sad cowboy songs. <laughs> they always sound like some sad guitar, cowboy guitar for some reason. I don't know why I use that word. But uh, this one, I wrote it and then it was like, man, like, I kind of got tired of that kind of mode, like where it's just always, they almost are the same song. It's, at some right. point they become very similar. So it was like, oh, we could like do this really nice like ballad, this really pretty thing. So like, luckily that was, when I sent her demos, she, that one resonated with her the most. She, that's the first song we recorded. I think I sent her like eight songs maybe. And, uh, and you know, some were more developed than others, but I, yeah, the ones, she picked all the ones I was hoping she would pick, you know, so. But you know, I always, it's tough, you know, as a producer, you never, or songwriter, you, you never know what is actually good because you're so close to it. You're like, 
I think these are cool, but maybe this other one's cool. So I always, you know, I tried with her to like send uh, a nice, nice group, like with kind of some, a lot of dynamics, but she, she picked the ones that I like, so it worked out nice. You always have some like working set of stuff like oh I wrote a couple of good you know some songs that I'm excited about over the last few months but not like hey this is like I could see this becoming a record but then there's this moment where like the inflection point where some song happens that like kind of has something to do with the whatever deck you have working but there's some element of it that's like forward thinking or something that you something new that feels like okay this is this is the statement for this record and, and or stylistic center and for me that was for how long, like once I, I had fleshed out like a structure of that, um, it kind of had, to me it sounds kind of 90s, like trip hop-ish, like there's some DJ shadow-ishness, or like some, I don't know, massive attack, whatever, there's something in there that feels very 90s to me, that which is what I was really going for, that's why, you know, like Japan, all that stuff, I was really digital, I was trying to go digital lo-fi and make it sound like an old crappy sample or something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that, that song was when I was like, okay, this is a sound, this is a concept and I can take this and build this into a record. No stress. So I wrote that. We had been working for for a couple months, and uh, 
I just was like, what would it be like to, instead of this dynamic of like, here's an existing song, what would it be like to just straight up write a song for the, expressly for the purpose of vocals and more, you know, specifically for Hannah's voice and leaving that, that range completely wide open. So it's like a much more sparse song. And then, um, yeah, she just sang on it and, and it was like, okay, that's perfect. And then Zach came in and we worked a lot together on that, um, on, on some of those guitar parts. And uh, so that was definitely kind of like a team effort of, of Zach I, and, and Hannah at the end, like turning it into, and that for me feels like the most cohesive conceptually of all the songs. Like it feels like this, I don't know how to explain it. The other ones feel a little bit Tycho-ish, like kind of like meandering and jangly, you know? Whereas that one's like, this is a very laser focused song that's clearly about, you know, these, these movements and these ideas. title of this record, I always have a working title that never ends up being the title, was, was stress. Just because like stress and anxiety like are like the driving factors in my entire life. Like it's like it never ends, but it's like I, I feel like it's like kind of a fuel or like a driving force for me. Obviously I, I like seek it out at all times. So I called it stress and then at the end I was like man that's kind of like a negative word and like uh, by the end of it I was it was such a like a freeing and kind of like anxiety reducing process making this record like it's the first record I've ever made in a healthy way and I tried I really really focused on being healthy and like physical health and like ergonomic health and like mental health like the whole thing so by the end I was like man that's like it's cool this was like this crutch to work through it and like to fight this this idea and then at the end it was like no like let's you know let's pick something beautiful and something that means something more positive to me because this album is so positive so then I ended up going with weather which was like this working track title that I had all along, but then like, you know, I didn't, I was like, wait, that's it. Like, that's the name of the record. Nice. Especially once I wrote that song, just cause that, that song felt like, I wanted the end of the record. I wanted to be bookended by, you know, the, the conception, the, the jumping off point for the vocals. And then it, it moved through all these spaces, kind of like old and new Tycho. 
and then the end is like a very, to me, that, that's like a classic Taiko song with like the, same, the movement and the arc. And then the end just feels kind of like this open-ended thing that never ends. Thanks for listening. Find us online at tapeop.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time.